Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and for the first time in the year of 2022, we are back with a new episode, Eve of the Daleks. But since as watching, we've already watched it, so it's no longer the Eve. So maybe the after Eve of the Daleks? I don't know. I'm just free associating here. But what I am not free associating is Lee Shackelford. Happy New Year. Welcome. Well, the same to you. May 2022 be as good for you as, I don't know, as 20 and 21 may have been a mess. There you go. Seasons, regenerations. How about that? Exactly. I like that. (laughs) Woohoo. And literally, quite literally, for 2022. But you know who is not regenerating in 2022? At least I hope not. But if he does, I hope he keeps the same face. Clarence Brown. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. You know, glad to be here with you all talking about some Doctor Who, as always, in 2022. (laughs) Hopefully it's not a time loop for everybody. Hopefully this year is a little bit different than the last two. Hopefully it's a lot of different, actually. But (sighs) I digress. Better. Better. (laughs) Yes. Yep. No time loops. Definitely no time loops. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who. A dopes. Sorry. Oh, stop that. Stop that. Stop Almost it. in a time loop. Sorry. Oh dear. You, 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 you opened up that can of worm. Just know yeah. that. Just, but that's because the Discussing Network presents Discussing Who. Sorry. I couldn't. Yeah, no, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> so, so seriously, all jokes aside. Did you guys have a great New Year? I hope you did. Yeah, I think I did for the most part. You know, I didn't do anything special, really. Kind of um, just hung around with a friend and just chilled. So, um, yeah, I think mine was, went pretty well. What about you guys? I hung around with a friend and chilled, too. Um, people debate um, from time to time whether or not uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. If Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then the film to watch for New Year's Eve is The Poseidon Adventure which takes place on New Year's Eve, as you may know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's one of my favorite films. And I hadn't actually watched it in a long time, and, and Karen had never seen it. So that's what we did. We rang in the New Year watching The Poseidon Adventure, which uh, is a disaster movie. It's a survival film. But um, if, if, you, if you don't know that film, gentle listeners, I highly recommend it to you. 1972, all-star cast for its day. And um, as my wife pointed out, ultimately, it's about um, relationships and how to take care of people. Mm. And, you know, in the end, what really matters. So, yeah, the Poseidon Adventure. There you go. Awesome. Well, you know what? I think let's keep this gift giving here for Mm. a moment. Clarence, anything over the holidays that you watched that you enjoyed. I have something, but I want to see if you did before I share mine. Over the holidays. Hmm. Well, of course I had Spider-Man a while back, but nothing really Christmas or New Year's Eve specific uh, that I can think of. So yeah, I don't know. What about you? Well, for me, I found, well, of course I had the Death in Paradise Christmas special, That was really cool. But I also had been seeing this show advertise or just show up in my recommendations called Ghost. And apparently it is a new CBS sitcom that is based on a British sitcom. And it has a Doctor Who tie-in. Remember our first Chibnall New Year special with the Dalek and it was the Dalek that had attached itself to the cop or not was it the cop or no she wasn't a cop she was Mm. she was dressed up as a cop but you remember the episode i'm talking about oh yeah yeah the resolution yes she is the main character and i won't give anything away but there are three seasons of this in the british version and i am already on series two or season two and she is the main character so awesome it's a comedy and it is just obviously i like it so <laughs> there well, we've go. been enjoying the american version here and wishing that we could get the the original uh so yeah i hope you'll share how you're doing that it so. is i believe on paramount plus is how you're i'm out watching of town. It. i okay. think so i yeah. will i will confirm that and put that in the show notes 
So gentlemen, anything else before we move on? Eager to jump into this, I gotta say. All right, well, you know what? If you're eager to jump in, I must say, if you have not seen Eve of the Daleks, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. <laughs> Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review Eve of the Daleks. This is the first of three Doctor Who specials to air in 2022, originally airing on the 1st of January, 2022. Summary view. Clarence, I think I'll start with you. Summary view. What did you think of this episode? I thought it was well done. Well done. It's funny after we've come off of this six episode tale uh, called The Flux, it was somewhat refreshing to go back to this, you know, single self-contained story. And I really thought it was well done. I thought the acting was superb. You know, I like episodes with this Groundhog Day slash time loop concept. And here I think it was done pretty well. Although there may be some confusion with some of the logic near the end of it that I, you know, I'll talk to you guys about. But other than that, I enjoyed every character. Got some surprising, oh, I wouldn't say surprising. We got a bit more of, of the doctor's relationship with Yaz that I was surprised to see myself. But I guess, you know, it's kind of expected. They've been foreshadowing for a while. But overall, I think I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Go Chips. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You blaspheme. Okay, no. seriously. No, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, I just had a rollicking good time. And I had that experience that uh, we always like, you know, where you're, you're looking at people on the screen saying, wait a minute, is that who I think it is? <gasps> Holy smoke, it is. This is this, uh, this co-starred, I guess, a guest starred Ashling B, who is uh, somebody that I always enjoy. And I had no idea she had done a, a Doctor Who. So that was a, a proper surprise. And I just think, I mean, I love her, but I just thought she's terrific in this. Yeah. So, uh, what a what a great little story. And it really focuses on these five people. <laughs> and I said last time that I don't like time loop stories. Um, I'm going to have to back up on that because uh, I sure enjoyed this one. You know, I went into this expecting, ready, willing, embracing my anti-chibnalness. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. I know I, I, I went away kind of eating the crow that I you know, keep saying I'm willing to eat. I ate crow for this one. I enjoyed it. There are some things that I'm going to nitpick just a little bit. But as far as the story the things that I'm going to nitpick were just tacked on there, I think, because they had to. It had nothing to do with the story proper. So the story proper, I really enjoyed this episode. I think if I were to say of all the Chibnall specials that we've had so far for you know the holidays, this is by far the best, hands down. I'll say this is by far the best one out of the New Year specials that he's done. So there we go. I am positivity right up front saying I enjoyed it. But I have a question, and I want to point this one to you, Lee. I know last time we reviewed with the Chibnall era, which was the Vanquishers, you had trouble getting the episode meaning it was delayed on Apple TV or Apple's iTunes or however you were getting it, as it was with me. Question, how did you watch it this time? Uh, iTunes, and uh, it came right up. So so did you purchase it, or did you, mm -hmm. was it included as part of Series 6? Um, I had to buy it, yeah. So here's what's interesting. Now, did you buy it, and there's a, I'm being specific here, for a reason did you buy it on your mac or did you buy it on a windows operating system uh, i think i actually bought it on my phone Interesting. But I, with the intention of watching it on 
my desktop. So here's why I asked that question. If I go to either uh, now I have not. Well, I don't have iTunes on on the Mac, so I don't know. Maybe I would need to go to the website. But I attempted to buy it through Apple TV, and it was showing up as season thirteen, episode seven. And I attempted to buy it via the app on the computer, both of which only gives me the option to subscribe through AMC+. Can't download it, can't buy it, just option to, you know, subscribe to AMC+, which I just thought was interesting. But considering the fact that we've all watched it, regardless of my back and forth, I did at least get it with the version that is television. So I have a question for you, Clarence. Yeah. At the beginning, we see a short and sweet discussion of the flux before we, quote unquote, reset the TARDIS. What did you think about that? Oh, wow. I really didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> the only thing I really got from that is that the flux messed the TARDIS up and we're finna reset it. That's um, maybe you can enlighten me. <laughs> nope. Yeah. I can't. That's all I got from it. <laughs> that's because that's all yeah. we got from it. The, you know, I said I had a little a few nitpicks. This is one of my nitpicks is why didn't we flush out the TARDIS at the very beginning of flux if that's all you needed to do? Mm, well, I think think at least as far as what they're stating in this episode is that it's going to take some time. So if they were in a situation where they need to jump back in the TARDIS for some reason, they wouldn't be able to do it even without this time loop. I think there was a certain amount of time that they had to be out of the TARDIS. So um, I don't know, maybe just too much stuff was going on to try to reset it at that time, as long as it was still working, quote unquote. Okay. So the last time, and, I, and I'm going to point this question to you, Lee, the last time we saw something similar was at the beginning of the 11th hour, the TARDIS basically was resetting itself after the 10th Doctor's regeneration to the 11th. And when we do get back in, we get a brand new desktop theme. I, I know the meta reason. But why do you think we got Crystal TARDIS looking the exact same? It had just been cleaned up. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I, I really thought we were going to have a, a new TARDIS when we came back in. I just, yeah. <laughs> I, I really felt like we were led down that path. And then surprise, it was, it was back to the way it was. I don't know. Would, <laughs> let me ask this question, and this is to both of you. Would knowing that we're about to get a new showrunner and everything's going to change again, which is what Doctor Who does, would it have felt better in the narrative since they said it's being flushed and reset if we would have seen for the last three episodes or or when they went back in for the last two after this for Jodie Whittaker's run, would we have rather have seen a generic default interior and then it change or does it for the narrative purpose does it even matter well I, I do think we needed the change at least for this story that we were telling that was our excuse to not be able to enter back into it you know and in another story it would be the TARDIS vanished or somebody took it away but no this this is our excuse we can't go back into TARDIS even though it's right there throughout the rest of the story so, I mean, they I think they could have even if they did give us a refreshed or the cleaned up version of Jodie Whittaker's TARDIS like they did, they could have gave us an excuse for the lead up to be like, oh, it it it's still fading or something. And it's going to, you know, it's going to have to reset it again in the next few months or whatever. You know, they could have st still given some type of excuse to why it would have to change soon anyway, if, if that's what you're hinting at. Yes, absolutely. You hit it perfectly, 100% perfectly. So let me ask you guys, and I'm going to pair these two characters together. What did you guys think of, and let's talk about Nick and Sarah. So let's take Nick first. What did you think of Nick as a character? And you can take it in any shape, form, fashion, direction you want to go. The character of Nick 
And Lee, why don't you start with Nick? What did you think of his character? It would be very easy to write a bland character here and just sort of place him into this uh, impossible situation. Uh, I think a lot of writers would feel like that's that's all you need to do. But um, <clears throat> for all our complaining about Chibnall, I think we have to admit that he's given us some unforgettable, but some very, very interesting characters. Uh, I'm still thinking about uh, Dr. Jericho, for example. Yeah. Uh, professor and um and so he, the choice is made here for nick is that he is a very unusual person calculated to sort of r to rub sarah the wrong way because of circumstances but then what happens in the story is that she gets to to know him and to sort of see what's behind a lot of that stuff and that's a very interesting little journey that this story takes us on and uh, I admire that very much. I'm not familiar with the actor at all, but I just thought he... It, it, I'm trying to imagine what this looked like on paper, you know, on, in the script, but I just feel like he nailed it. It's it's just very... It's an unforgettable character. Oh, man. I just kept saying, poor Nick. Poor Nick. You can't catch a break. You're weird. Which, you know, I, I think the point of at least how it was portrayed in the story, you know, all of us are weird in our own certain ways. That doesn't yes. mean we aren't good people. Whether you're a geek and like some weird sci-fi show or <laughs> or whatever, you know, it doesn't mean you're not a person and you shouldn't be treated like a person. Now, Nick did go to the extreme now. Let's be clear. <laughs> with, yeah. With his cataloging yeah. of his ex's things <laughs> in a warehouse in the storage unit. Right. What? In the elf storage. <laughs> yes. But yeah, Nick was um, interesting. He was an interesting character. I will say that. And um, I think he was well acted uh, in, in this in this episode as well. And, and like you said, Lee, he played off of um, uh, Sarah's character perfectly. They were just well suited to butt heads. And I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I liked him too. And, you know, this is not my favorite scene, but it would be a very, very close runner up if I wasn't being snarky. And I would probably say it is my favorite scene if I wasn't going to be snarky. But the scene where you have Sarah and Yaz asking him about all the things he's cataloging and you get this feeling of, yeah, this dude may be a serial killer here. What's going on with him? <laughs> But he wasn't, but it, it goes further into what you guys are saying of everybody has their own weirdness and you have to know the person behind the weird. Yeah. Because we're all weird. Yeah, I think Mandip Gill did a good job of this episode and maybe it was her being paired with uh, uh, Miss B, but <laughs> the expressions on her face throughout the entire episode had me cackling a bit because <laughs> she was so expressive in some of the, those moments. Even when, when Sarah was going in on Dan, she kind of had to look like, you can't talk about him, but you know, I can, cause that's my Dan, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. I loved even seeing her, um, jump in with some of those expressions to Nick because Nick was, he was, yeah, uh, <laughs> he was a lot. <laughs> All right. So, so you mentioned Sarah, Clarence. I want to point Sarah first to you then. What did you think of Sarah? Let's use the same question I asked about Nick. What did you think of her? Well, I don't have a as much background with this actor as I know Lee has. First thing that really jumped out at me about her is her, her voice seems very unique to me. Uh, and I really got attached to it. But yeah, she's just kind of looks like she's kind of living a mundane life and she has this business that she doesn't want. And, um, you know, she would rather be out partying, but you know, her life isn't what she wants it to be. So it was interesting. Again, I think it all hinges on those two relationships. Uh, it was, it was interesting to see them interact and just the subtle way that she treated Nick and which wasn't bad. It was just like an awkward situation. And even with her mom, who we know she loves, awkward situation which her mom is a character unto herself let's just say that <laughs> but yeah I, I, I thought she was great in this episode again i like the way maybe even more so than with nick than with nick i like the way she interacted with dan and in particularly yaz in in this episode lee 
tell us a little bit before you talk about the character. You have some background with this character or this actor. Tell us about where you know this actor from and why it was such a treat to see her in Doctor Who. I first experienced Ashling B as a panelist on uh, the the, the uh, panel quiz show uh, QI, which I simply adore. And uh, I've watched all episodes of QI that are available in the U.S. And I'm, I'm trying to track down sources for the ones that, for some reason, we can't get over here. But anyway, she, she's been on the show many, many, many times, including memorably one where she was seated next to John Barrowman. So there's your Doctor Who connection now as you had these two alums of the show there. And basically, it's them cutting up over there and um, having a great time. But then I started realizing that she is an accomplished film and TV actor. So I started seeking out films that she's been in and so on. And she's just always, um, um, sometimes her, her, her performances are, are subtle. So I, I think maybe she's not always been given the credit she deserves. You know, it's, there's, she doesn't have roles that are over the top. But uh, like this one, I believed her completely throughout this, this ridiculous situation. But... Um, and this character who has been stuck in an unsatisfying life and, you know, happy ending is that we think she's finally going to get to do something she wanted to do. It's not explained how she's gotten to do this, but <laughs> a little character detail that I noticed is that uh, she's got a sticky note on her computer. I had to freeze frame to see this that has the password for the computer at the Elf Center, <laughs> uh, Elf Storage. And the password is... Elf storage. <laughs> so, in other words, written, somebody please come destroy this place. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, there are people who write their passwords and put them on a sticky note and put them on their computer. But hers is the most obvious password in the world. And she's still written it down and put it on. <laughs> How do you not remember that? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little blink and you miss it thing. But I thought that's a. A lovely character detail. I don't know whose idea that was. but So let me ask this question before we move on, and I forget about it. For anyone mm. watching and for most likely fellow co-hosts who are listening to you right now who don't know what QI is, mm. what is QI? Well, it's it. Uh, I thought for a long time it was Qi, which is how you would say that if it were the Chinese word. But it, it's, it's the initials QI for quite interesting a show hosted for years by the erudite uh, Stephen Fry, who's somebody else I always enjoy, and then was handed over to Sandy Toxic, who was uh, a panelist on the show for a long time. And um, and was also on the British, Great British Bake Off. And is the and British, and British Bake Off, right. It's something that they often make reference to. But uh, she's a fascinating person in her own right, too. Somebody you should uh, look into, but... Um, and she needs to be on Doctor Who. So I just realized that. One of the panelists is Alan Davis, who is a comedian and, and like Ashling B, also has a, 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 an impressive film and TV career um, as an actor. So um, for some reason, he is sort of the whipping boy of the show. The, the panel changes different comedians and actors every week. But Alan is always there. Mm. And I'm glad because I really like him. We also get a hint of, we don't see this character, but we hear about Jeff. I'll just start off with saying, what in the heck or who in the heck is Jeff who has firecrackers, a, a basic house up there, a <laughs> pork a and beans. taxidermy bean. zoo. Yes. I mean, we want to talk about your favorite serial killer. I think it's Jeff, not Nick. And we see somebody watching the fireworks go up at the end. Are we to understand that's Jeff? No, I thought it was Jeff, but I have read reviews uh -huh. and it's supposed to be someone else. Hmm. Does anyone know who that is? Well, I, I noted that, again, just like you, I'd seen somebody on social media saying, cool tie-in, that that's the same actor that we saw way back in... Um, the woman who fell to earth, really? whatever it's called. Yeah. So what's? Yeah, that's the guy yeah. she rescued from the crane, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So... Like, hmm. 
Maybe his master sent him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's, he's watching the fireworks. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but on, on Jeff, real quick before we move on, I love that Nick took such care to ask Sarah what would not be allowed <laughs> in the in the unit. You know, just foreshadowing for what we get later. Obviously once we get there but but so once we got there we know all of these things this food these weapons these fireworks like what is jeff doing down here yeah <laughs> so i thought that was really yeah. funny so what did you guys think of the redesigned daleks we see daleks in their old school look but with a minor tweak and Clarence, why don't you take this one first? What did you think of what I call machine gun Daleks? Yeah, that's the, my point exactly. The machine gun is awesome. <laughs> it, <laughs> and I guess it kind of makes sense in the fact that I guess you can have multiple fire coming from him from the same, you know, normal Dalek gun. Um, but I, I thought it was real cool effect, real cool effect, especially since we had to have so much death in this one episode. <laughs> I felt like it, it was pretty cool to see yeah. that, you know, machine gun going off. Uh, really cool. Really cool. Loved it. Yeah. And it's not, it's not just a machine gun, but a Gatlin gun. Yeah. It's, uh, with the rotating chamber, on, <laughs> um, the rotating uh, series of barrels. Um, my understanding is that this is supposed to be a new type of Dalek that is called the executioner Dalek. Mm. Mm. Um, like special weapons Dalek and things like that. So this is something else. Although my question is, how would be an executioner Dalek be different from any other? I mean, yeah. what it's, it Execute. goes out to kill people. Execute. Yeah. Exterminate. <laughs> well, that's it. Right. It's just so. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I had a couple, couple of questions about the Daleks actually. Um, well, for one thing, I think there's a pun here because this is going to go out on new year's eve and um the episode is called the eve of the daleks not to be confused with evil of the daleks a serial from 1967 mm. uh so I, I think that may be deliberate but it is that's a second doctor adventure that's almost entirely missing it's a six-parter and we only have one part of it uh although we did have the audio and so it was um an animation team has brought the rest of it to life just last year. Mm. But uh, so you could say, yeah, but this is Eve of the Daleks and has nothing to do with the second doctor. But Sarah did at one point say, oh, my giddy aunt, <laughs> a phrase sometimes used by oh, my second doctor. Aunt. And, you know, I, I was just sitting there grinning from ear to ear. Yes. And I, I thought, well, that's now that's got to be deliberate. So I think there's sort of a, this is sort of a Valentine to evil of the, the poor <laughs> missing evil of the Daleks. Anyway, evil of the Daleks. Um, but, but I wondered about why, what's the point of an executioner Dalek? And the other thing is that the Daleks, the executioner Daleks keep telling people to surrender. Yeah. Daleks don't take prisoners. Mm. So they huh? were talking, they were talking in this episode. They, they were very talky, yes, and, uh, and and I'm always glad of that. I, I, you know, one of my favorite things in all of New Who is the Daleks getting into a, a kind of a cat fight, uh, sort of a, 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 a when, when they're getting into a put downs with the Cybermen in the, <laughs> back in the days of the the Tenth Doctor. You know, where we you know we are superior. Well, you're better at dying. You know. <laughs> You used a perfect phrase by saying, you know, that it, what, what was it you said? It was a, a cat fight, you said? Yeah, something like that. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is, uh, um, you know, like what like uh, people in sports, when the, the, they're putting each other down. There's a phrase for that. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're talking smack. or They're, they're talking talk smack. Yeah, that's it. I, I Yeah. I enjoyed the smack talking Daleks, especially <laughs> when the Cybermen are doing it too. I just thought that's well. I, I'm going to stick with the cat because I want to transition it into the mouse. And what I mean by that is, uh-huh. you said that they weren't killing people. Yes. I see them more so as if they know that there's this time loop, and they know they're that they know that these people are can't get out or whatever the case may be. Whoa. They, I just saw them 
having fun with the fact of yeah. we're going to make them run around until we kill them. Oh, I see. Yeah, you're right. It's cat and mouse. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of how I saw it. But Clarence, oh. how did you think? Uh, I agree with you guys said, but 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 one point I want to add on the Daleks, we do make mention of the flux and that most of the Daleks were destroyed, not all during the flux, and they have come to wreak vengeance on the Doctor. Am I reading that correct? That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, so I thought that was very interesting. And also in this story, as they play the game of, of, of cat and mouse, uh, uh, <laughs> they actually augmented or changed the amount of Daleks that were in the time loop, which I thought was very unfair. Very unfair. Come on now. Uh, but it, it made it interesting. So I would like to know how they are actually changing the number of Daleks that are in the loop. That didn't seem to make much sense to me. What did you think, Lee? Do you have an answer to that? I'm usually the answer man, but I don't have one. Um, nope. <laughs> I really don't. It's always the problem in a time travel show, right? I'm talking about thing, about sequence, you know? That something happened because something else happened, especially if it was in another episode. Mm, good point. You know? Yeah. Because I... The, the, these Daleks here could be mad because uh, the doctor killed the, the, the emperor, you know, back in the, or the, the bad wolf destroyed the, you know, it, it's hard to keep our sequence straight of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that's really to the point, but that's what I was thinking. No, 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 no. Very, very well point because we're, we're in a loop, so we can point yeah. however we want to point. <laughs> but considering the fact that we are in a loop, I want to talk about, Dan for a moment and I want to talk specifically about his decision I'll call it to confront Yaz on her feelings toward the doctor do do you guys agree with his decision do you not did it did it even matter what are, what are your thoughts well it seems as he says you know, they've now spent four years together without the doctor. And I think they've gotten they've gotten close in ways that we couldn't really see on camera. And I think he's trying to help. So I just saw it as very, very friendly. Is, is that how that read to you? Yeah, it, it did seem like he was giving her the realization of something that she knows but doesn't want to admit. Which, you know, it would take someone who spent a lot of time with her and like who truly knows her. Um, I think for me, I was more not worried. I guess any time a companion and a doctor in a relationship where they like each other, it's it's always weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think the fact that they're both women makes any difference (laughs) uh, than it would if it was Rose and and Ten. You know, it's it's the same bit of weirdness that comes with that. Mm hmm. So I was very interested to see the doctor's reaction to all of that. I had completely forgotten, and this is a detriment to the writing, so you know I'm going to pick on Chibnall for a second, but I had forgotten the fact that they had spent three years back in the past. I'd completely forgotten that out of mm-hmm. my head canon. So I'm looking at them as basically almost being strangers. And from that context, it did feel a little bit off. But I know I'm wrong now because I I realize now that they did have some background because I was looking at it in a way of, "Eh, yeah, you're kind of outing her or forcing her to say something about herself that she might not want to say. But if I put it in the context of, they've known each other for years that kind of changes my point of view there. So yeah, good point. But Clarence, I will kind of second or not kind of will second what you said, excuse me. I will second what you said just a moment ago uh, of it does feel a little odd. Anytime you have the doctor and a companion regardless of if it's male, female, or whatever, they're they're putting that together. I'm curious if you guys felt, and forget the male, female, male, male, female, female, 
but did you guys feel it a little bit more organic with rose and tin or not compared to this pairing? Hmm. I wouldn't say it feels any less organic here because they're not, I feel like they're not forcing it as much as they did with the other ones, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest about it. To me, they really, it felt like they forced the rose thing a lot compared, you know, to this. Virtually, they've done nothing compared to that <laughs> here. Um, and it's all been subtle looks. It's been, you know, by the end of the, the episode, we get this beautiful fireworks display. And of course, we see Sarah and Nick in with the, in the in the backdrop of the fireworks but you know we also flashed to the doctor in your ass for a little bit so it's all been subtle so this is by far less than what we've got in times past so i you know i don't think there's any comparison there to me well i i think from our point of view watching the show you know for those of us at home it's it's very different because as we watched Rose's feelings deepen for the doctor. You know, I think we thought, well, maybe they're going to go away together at the end, you know, or something. I don't, you know, I, I don't know where this is going to go. You know, I guess we figured, well, they can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> she, as he, as he has to say to her, you can grow old with me, but I can't grow old with you. It's, it's just not, this is not a possible thing. So we already know that. And, and we know that this is nearly the end of uh, Jodie Whittaker's time as the Doctor. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Rose stuck with him through a regeneration. And Clara stuck through a regeneration. Um, maybe Yaz is going to have to do this thing of, of look at, you know, the Doctor with a different face and say, I still love you. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, I don't know. But, but since we did that with... Um, Clara, kind of. I, I don't know. I don't know if we want to do it again. Do we know if they'll still be around? I don't know. I don't hmm. think so. I think, yeah. you know, I think it's a, a clean slate come 60th anniversary. Hmm. Hmm. You know, and maybe the, maybe the idea here is to add to the tragedy of the regeneration, because, you know, we've said ever since New Who, regenerations now are tragic and etc. and so forth. And maybe mm. the tragedy is the doctor never says what the doctor feels. We never know. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe right. that's the angle Chibnall's going. The only mm. thing that I question here is the timing. I don't question the pairing. I question the timing in the sense of we've only got two episodes left. And why set this up yeah. When you can't explore the characters of, of of whatever, yeah, you know that that's my only complaint. Not that it's two women, or you know, because I would I, if I were to have a complaint with that, I would have to have a complaint if it was two men or if it was a man or a woman. So yeah, I'll just add real quick before we move on. I do think they did see the, that other relationship we're talking about. They see that that much earlier. And this is kind of, I guess, if it's more of, even though they've been shipped and we've been thinking that it's kind of at the last minute, like you said, but, but I do see them maybe using it as a point of heartbreak when the doctor does finally regenerate, you know, we, we can see all that emotion in, in Yaz as, as, as she's gone. You know, you just made me think of something and if Chibnall does do this at the end, you know, we see the 13th Doctor finally just cut loose and everything that's been kind of downplayed for as far as, you know, pomp, circumstances, emotions, whatever you case you want to call it or I want to call it. And on that last, she just finally says, okay, I've been holding, or however they want to play, but you see where I'm trying to go. If that was mm. the way that you were playing it, then maybe brilliant on his part. I don't know. but So we've talked Daleks, we've talked time loops, we get out of the time loop, and we have a happy ending, and we get a reset TARDIS. I'm curious, because I have no other notes, 
do either of you, before we get into our final rating and scene and quote, so Lee, any other items that you had on your list that we've not talked about? Um, no, uh, I, I just was reminded of a, a, another thing about da the Daleks that uh, I, I'm, I'm always torn about Daleks. You know, either they're just stupid and we just have to kind of grin and bear it and say, still love this show. But um, Dan demonstrated that if you get close enough to the Dalek <laughs> and sort of dance with it, if you sort of do a tango with it, then you it, you can't it, they can't shoot you. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and yeah, I just. I, I love his cheerful courage. I just, I don't know. Dan is, is, is rapidly becoming one of my favorite companions. He's awesome. and I just, he just. <laughs> and when the Dalek finally figures out, you know, hey, you're, you're, you, you travel with the, with the doctor. You have to die. This is, took you long enough. <laughs> I love it. So, so that was a nice thing. All right. Clarence, what about you? Uh, two things. First, I think. Um, Sarah uh, Aisling B, if I'm saying her name right, Aisling. She right? says she says Ashling, yeah, even though it's not spelled anything okay. like that. <laughs> but she gave these Irish. She, she gave me strong Catherine Tate vibes for some reason. Yeah. I really, I don't know why. Well, she, I could see her as a companion. Mm -hmm. You, you want to know why? Mm -hmm. I'm going to answer your question because I actually thought of Catherine Tate when Lee was talking about this actor earlier. And mm -hmm. I think, and Dan falls in this category too. If you have someone who is really, really, really good at comedy and you give them the right dramatic role, it seems like every single time, if you pair that actor with an awesome, well-written dramatic role they will knock it out of the proverbial part Catherine tate donna noble this character that you're just referring to dan there you go yeah yeah agreed and All right. uh one last item the only other item i had was i kind of felt like i got my first it's sad to say at the end of her run but i kind of got my first doctor moment where i really felt it in this episode and it's when the doctor was telling the crew that, you know, if something seems impossible, we try, we try again, we work harder, we learn, we approve, we fail, but we get better. We make friends, we learn, we trust, we help each other. She just goes in this long spill. I'm like, yes. And I, I bought yeah. it 100% for the first time. And I don't know. I really love that. It was, to me, that was her doctor moment for me. Um, uh, but so late in, this, in their run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what is not late and it's never too late is a favorite quote. And Lee, I'll start with you. Favorite quote. Once again, I swear to you that, that Clarence and I don't get together beforehand and uh, compare notes. But um, here's my favorite quote. Because something seems impossible. We try it. It doesn't work. We try again. We learn. We improve. We fail again, but better. We make friends. We learn to trust. We help each other. We get it wrong again. We improve together, then ultimately succeed because this is what being alive is. And it's better than the alternative. So come on, you brilliant humans. We go again and we win. Oof. Runner-up, my runner-up favorite quote, though, is Daleks do not store stuff. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, so do you want to know what my favorite quote was? Daleks do not store stuff. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Yes, that was my favorite quote. Clarence, what was your favorite quote? Congratulations, the most evil creature in the universe has successfully vanquished an old door, <laughs> says the doctor. And runner-up, yeah. exit the ascension device when Sarah yeah. raises the elevator. <laughs> I love that, too. The ascension device. All right. So before we get on the ascension device, favorite scene. Clarence Brown, favorite scene. So what did you do, says the doctor. Uh, it was a lot of strategic analysis, weapons assessment, and battle-ready <laughs> thinking, says Nick. Did you duck? Yeah, I ducked. 
<laughs> it was such a cool move for Nick. I, I was like, that's amazing. And he lives it <laughs> yep. up. He yep. doesn't back down of how awesome it was. Um, my favorite scene is Clarence's second favorite scene. I just love this long conversation with Nick and the others in his storage unit where they challenge him to explain why he has these women's names on the shelves. <laughs> you have a lot of ex-girlfriend. They're alive still, aren't they? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, God. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and and that devolves into Sarah calling him a weirdo. And, and yes, yeah, calling her out. He's standing right here. So, you think, wow, they're, we thought maybe the uh, Sarah and uh, Nick might be sort of moving towards each other, but they're not. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is a total mess here. This is not going to get any better. But, you know, and it's just amazing what dying a few times in every five minutes yes. will do for some people. It accelerates your opportunity to see what somebody's really like. It's, uh, yeah. And, you know, when we were reviewing the, uh, before I give my favorite scene, when we were reviewing The Deadly Assassin, I made a comment about why they were not dying, they being the Time Lords who were being assassined. So, that being said, I was re-watching The Doctor Falls this weekend, and someone assassined themselves in that story, and they tell themselves basically you know it, it, the setting some whatever setting it was on so evidently if the right piece of equipment can hit a time lord they can die without regeneration mm. so there you go there you go if not they can be assassined so there you go happy new year <laughs> all right so <laughs> favorite scene for me would have been the one you guys were just talking about with the cataloging and i mentioned that earlier but my favorite scene because i was literally going yes was the crystal tardis collapsing in on itself and i was like yes <laughs> so um <laughs> that was my favorite scene we're gonna get a new tardis oh yay uh, it's the same darn it but sir oh, to- but let's Let's talk just for a second about effects. I challenge everybody to go back and watch that scene of them running out of the TARDIS again. And if you can, you know, do some, you know, do, do, stop and look at some screen grabs there because um, that is a that is a brilliantly executed scene. We, I, I love that the uh, the hex, the hexagons on the wall were all in motion. They were turning like gears. And yeah. it looked like they were going to bite the doctor in half if she didn't get through, you know get out the door fast enough and then as she's running out we get this quick look back in as everything falls down and the the frames of the hexes are sort of popping off so there's these hexagons flying through the air up there it's just, it's just it's, it, the best really, way i can say it is it was literally wibbly wobbly it was <laughs> it was crashy explodey but uh, yes. yeah but it was uh, just wonderfully executed uh, effects there. Uh, so, you know, kudos to whoever, you know, the person or the team was who did all that. Because it's, you know, it's over in a second. If You know, if you blink, you'll miss it. But um, Oh, yeah, agreed. I'm looking at it so. now. Yes. And, that's something. and the, the little pillars, how they fold all the way down and kind of break. It's kind yes. of cool, too. Right. Yeah. So they're gone. <laughs> that is actually so, so it's a real it's a real surprise when they come back it just anyway. so uh, one other quick question before we give our ratings why was the dalek force field not on the back door did they give a read uh because reasons <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, yeah dalek supremacy know. does not compute back doors <laughs> i don't know uh, hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But very uh, good question. So, final rating, Clarence Brown. I'll start with you. Final rating. What say you? Four point five. Um, exploding desktop themes out of five. I thought it was freaking. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I just sat back and and watched it and didn't. You know, I didn't have to worry about the long overarching story. Self contained time loop which gave us a lot of iterations on the same moments and i felt all that even though we're going through the same moments over and over again it always felt fresh and upbeat and just see the small variations of how they approach the situation i thought felt real fun and you know these actors were 
great <laughs> that they had aboard. So yeah, four point five. Awesome, Lee. What say you? I loved it even more. So I'm going to give it five cans of beef and beans out of five. You know what? I'm going to give it four point. 65, and I have no idea why I gave it that, but 4.65, I had written down, so bear with me, Mm 4.65, I had written down an issue with Elf before I realized it was self out of five. (laughs) Because I really was like, that is so on the nose to call it Elf storage. And then right as I wrote it down, I was like, oh, I bet that was supposed to be self storage. (laughs) Right. The S fell off. Yeah, that S fell off. There's a, a famous story about my hometown of the city of Birmingham. There's a, a hotel that was a, a popular downtown place for a long, long time called the Essex House. And the story is that there was a there's a, a a fellow who who did neon signs who walked to the front counter and said, "If you pay me X amount of dollars, I will fix your sign right now." And they said, "We, that's a lot of money, you know, whatever it was." And he said trust me and they went outside and saw that the e and s had burned out <laughs> so there was a big red sign out that said sex hotel <laughs> and so the story goes oh. they ran back inside and said you're hired <laughs> yeah. so those things do happen that is too funny that is too funny. But Lee, I have one last question I want to ask you. Let's assume hmm. that in 2022, we've got someone listening to us for the very, very first time. What might you tell that person who is listening? And it could happen. We're, we are attracting new listeners all the time. Bless you folks and welcome aboard. And you had plenty of other things you could have been doing. There's lots of Doctor Who podcasts out there You and you chose us to spend this time with. So thank you. Thank you for that. Indeed. And since it is the very first of the year, for everyone listening, if there is anything you would like for us to cover, any topics that you would like for us to cover, any episodes, classic, or any thing that you would like for us to talk about, let us know. We would be more than happy to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. Let us know. You can send us a message on any of and all social. Blah, blah, blah. You can send us a message on any and all social medias by looking us up at discussing who. And of course, you can send us an email to discussing who at gmail.com. So this is 2022. Gentlemen, as always, it is a pleasure. And as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.